Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and I just have Griffin with me here today. We are here to deliver the sharpest sports takes. This is a fun one. We break down the NFC West. We rank our top 10 fantasy wide receivers. It's that time of year, so Becca picks our draft order for the Burst Your Bubble League, and she uh, flips a coin for the format that we're playing this year, whether or not it's Superflex or not. And then we end with a totem pole on fast food. You get a semi-hardcore casual segment today, so just be excited for that. Remember to rate, review, and share the podcast with your friends, your family, the lady at Starbucks, guy at McDonald's, the guy that mows your lawn. Tell everyone about Burster Bubble. They need to be ready for sports this year. Football is on the horizon. We are watching preseason games. It is all the way back. Thank you guys so much for the support. Thanks for listening. But remember, no hard feelings, because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. Well, Griff, it is nice to be back again on an episode. Unfortunately, we do not have Kyler with us. That's the the story of life with kids and work and the whole shebang. So it's just you and I here in the episode today. That's right. Um, how was your weekend, bro? It was not too bad. I got a round of golf in. I We played out at TCC, Tulsa Country Club. I shot a 96. I shot a 50 on the front and a 46 on the back. The front nine ate my lunch. It took me eight holes to realize that I should probably just keep the driver in the bag. But the good news is I was hitting my three wood very straight in about 240, 250 yards. There you go. At least you improved on the back nine, right? That's, that is it. I uh, <laughs> made a couple of big time putts, had a couple of really close chip ins, left it tight. We're playing a, uh, you know, Griffin, we're going to get some exposure if we're out on the course, a little bit of gambling is going to be involved. Uh, we played this game called Bingo, Bingo Bango Bongo. Have you ever played that? I haven't. No, tell me about it. So Bingo Bango Bongo is each thing is a is a dot. So a dot is worth three dollars. Uh, so it's the first person on the green, and you play the rules like of out. So whoever's the furthest out shoots. First person on the green gets a dot. The closest to the pin, once everyone's on the green, gets a dot. And then the first person to make the putt gets a gets a dot. So when you think about it, being the worst golfer isn't necessarily a bad thing in this game. <laughs> Not often that you'll that you'll get the uh the first dot with being the first on the green. But if you're a uh you know that 160 yard shot, if you leave it about 10 yards off the green one way or another and you get to chip on, you get to try and get it really close to the pin to get that dot. Or if you're just really bad and you put it somewhere way far away, you make that long putt, you get the dot. So had some exposure on the course. I uh, I lost the, with the two guys I was playing with. They were significantly better than I am. But I won $9. Hey, there you go. It was actually a, All pretty, that matters. It was a pretty Christian game. Uh, one guy owed me nine and he owed the other guy six. So that was all the money that had lost hands. Who ended up winning? Was it Ozzy? It was Ozzy. Ozzy shot an 80. He uh, missed a go. putt for a 79. Nice. Yeah, I mean, you really can't complain whenever you, uh, I mean, $9 isn't a ton, but at least you won something. Yeah, especially with the, uh, you know, it's just getting my money back for the expensive golf course. But then, oh, after, yeah. that, <laughs> then after that, we had a uh, fantasy football draft in, the, in my, one of my home leagues, not the, Bur or in my home league, not the Berkshire Bubble League, but a group of all of our friends get together every year. We've been running this league for six or seven years now. And uh, I had a, I feel like I had a pretty good draft. I had the second overall pick. We always base our draft picks on the March Madness tournament. We do a bracket 
and whoever ends up, you know, that's our draft order. So I got second place this year and had a pretty decent draft. Uh, I will tell you a funny story, our buddy Brasher. So he drafts Mark Andrews in the third. Well, it's coming back around to the fifth and sixth turn or six and seven. I'm going to take Dallas Goddard in the seventh because Brasher already has a tight end because he's picked one. So it's coming back, and the two guys that are left, or the two guys at the top are Alvin Kamara and Dallas Goddard. And I'm like, well, I don't want Dallas Goddard first. Oh, the other thing to backstory this is Brasher's only drafted, or he's drafted zero running backs. <laughs> like zero. Okay. I, he did, I think he had Cam Akers. That was the only one. Like, it was bad. Ooh. Not good. Yeah, that's not good. Not good. And we're six rounds in. So, I mean, you know, it's not good. Not a good <laughs> look. So he's wanting Kamara bad. But... I know that he already has his tight end, so I'm going to take the running back first, and then I'll take the tight end on the way back around because I, I know that Kamara won't be there, but I know that Goddard will be. So I draft Kamara. Brasher loses his mind, starts throwing stuff, you know, just pissed. He's like, well, trade me. And I'm like, why would I trade you? Trade you for what? And he's like, well, trade me Mark Andrews for Kamara. And I said, why would I do that? I'm about to get a tight end right here. He takes Dallas Goddard. He oh, takes my gosh. He two tight ends out of spite, and he panicked. So the next draft picks he had, or the draft picks at this point was like Jerry Judy, Cam Akers, Goddard, Mark Andrews, Justin Jefferson. So, I mean, it's not good. Not a good start for Brasher. He panicked. He started playing out of spite. That was probably my best story of the day. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's never a good spot to be in. Whenever you are not drafting any running backs, the running back that you think you're going to get, you don't get. And then Especially you end up with the two pick tight ends. Before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, he's projected to score a lot of points, but he, he's already sent me three trades that like he just keeps withdrawing it and sending it back with Mark Andrews or Dallas Goddard and Alvin Kamara. Just raise the price as much as you can. Which now my Hurry. running my running backs are... Austin Eckler, Damian Pierce, and Alvin Kamara is my top three. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. Who all do you have running back? But, uh, yeah, you just got to keep – who'd you get at tight end? Uh, I ended up getting Pat Fryermuth for the Steelers. Hey, there you go. Yeah, top, you don't need top a tight 10, end. Top 10 tight yeah. end. Yeah, you don't need one. Yeah, suck it, Brasher. I hope you're listening. <laughs> so, uh, what'd you do this weekend? Anything cool? Honestly, no, I really didn't. I had a pretty chill weekend, just hung out at the house. Um I did watch some of the fights on Saturday night um, and won a little bit of money there. But other than that, no, I really didn't do much this weekend. Just kind of laid around, watched TV, and just hung out. Well, I do want to hear about the fights. Before we get into that, uh, I will also say, uh, you know, my I am doing the 75 hard deal. I'm four, This is the 14th day today, so two weeks strong, no alcohol, all my workouts. And yesterday, I got my 10K run in. 6.2 miles. Uh, you know, it, uh, I didn't walk. That was my main goal was to not stop at all. I didn't even stop at a water fountain. I did it without stopping about a 12, 10 pace. Uh, so, you know, not, not too shabby. Could have been a whole lot worse. Oh, well, I mean, what time did you do the run? Uh, it was about eight ten. So I got done at about nine twenty nine twenty in the morning or at night, at in night? the morning, in the morning. In the morning. Okay. At least it wasn't as hot. No, at the end of the run, I think it ended up was like 88 degrees. So like, you know, it was a little oh, hot, but the most, the biggest mistake I did was I did LaFortune twice, 
but I did it one way and it felt really good. But then I was like, well, I don't want to do the same thing twice. So I ran the opposite way the second lap. <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know how, but it was way more uphill and it hurt so much worse. And I feel like there was so much less shade. Uh, so I will not be doing that again. I'll start out running the hard way and then do the easy way. The yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's the only way to do it. Yeah. All right. So I want to hear about these, uh, the fights. I In the group chat, you were super excited about UFC. So I'm excited to hear uh, Man. the takes. I'm telling you, I, so I don't understand all the scoring. Like I just got into UFC and everything like that, but you know, we have our group text. I'm putting messages in there to Kyler because I'm like, man, my bet is like my parlay is about to just implode on multiple fights. And he's like, yeah, I actually have this guy winning this round, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, dude, I don't understand because I definitely thought two of the fighters were going to lose their rounds or like their matches. Which one? And, but dude, it was extremely, um vera and batista both of them mm. they had good they had strong third rounds but the first two rounds it really was like not in their favor at all it didn't feel like to me um and then obviously i had sean o'malley in that last fight i was pretty confident about that which again i just like his entire attitude the confidence is crazy he's just kind of does whatever he wants and doesn't give a shit um but no i mean if you do not watch UFC, you really need to because it is one of the more exciting sports to watch. Did you watch his post-fight conference? I didn't. So they asked him. I just saw it on on socials. I, obviously, I did not watch the fight. I, I was busy um, watching Psych, but uh, I did watch the highlight from this. And he's the reporter asked him, "Well, what did you think about that first round? How did you have it scored in your own head?" And he said, "Well, I didn't get touched, so I'd say that I." You know, I the guy didn't even touch me because he said I ran into a door earlier this week, and that's why my face is red. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they were all laughing. And they said, "Well, they scored it ten nine him." And he said, "Oh, well, who won the second round?" <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, and that's another thing about like the UFC. Um, they talk so much crap back and forth to each other and they do not care. It'll be like somebody just wins a fight. There's a fighter in the audience or in the crowd and is literally talking about how he's going to beat the shit out of him the next time or whatever. <laughs> like it's crazy. I love it. And some of those guys get personal, like they'll bring families and all oh, kinds yeah. of stuff into it. I mean, you know, you really got to attribute a lot of it to like the Conor McGregor's and like some of those guys who really, you know, would get, and now it's just a more common trend. But when you talk about the scoring, you know, I, I don't know a whole lot about UFC. I used to watch it a lot more with Kyler when we were in high school and stuff, but I just haven't done it very much as of late. I see that sweet cream vanilla cold brew, Trank to Cup. Oh, yeah. Um, that's what Becca always gets, too. You're like a basic white girl. Um, yep. So, uh, a basic girl, I guess. Uh, anyway, so that scoring... I've never really understood it, but I know that like blocking punches and like being able to skirt around and like landing even like little jabs will get you more points. I, some of the nuanced stuff is wild to me, which is probably why I am not as into it as I should be. Um, I just feel like the things that should get you points don't, and the things that should lose you points don't. So, yeah, and it's um yeah i mean i i just don't understand it but um one of the main things that i was going to talk about with this is so i didn't have money on this fight but uh chris weedman um he it was his first fight back i believe it was from snapping his ankle basically in half 
And um, Brad Tavares, dude, he tore his ankle up. He just kept kicking it over and over and over again. And Weedman was having to just like limp around. It was insane. So the guy, like he already hurt his ankle again? So yeah, basically, it's, it, I, and I was kind of questioning into the fight, like going into the fight, how much is he actually going to be 100? Like how healthy really is he? And it was very early on he started protecting his leg just because he kept getting kicked over and over and over. And you could tell it was really bothering him. And it's just, dude, it was crazy. I will say, so uh, my boss, I mean, the the senator, he's a former professional fighter. And that's what he talked about even wrestling in high school. If you showed up with a Band-Aid on your elbow, that's what everyone's going to go for. So if, if everyone knows that you have that weakness, you know, that's what they're going to attack over and over again and make you protect it. And even if the ankle is not really hurting, if it's in your head the whole time and that's all you're thinking about, you're obviously going to be trying to protect it more than you would. So then you're watching it more than you are paying attention to the fight. It's an easy psychological trick to get into your head as a fighter. Yeah. And I mean, th another thing too, is like, if you start showing weakness out in the octagon, they're just going to keep attacking it as well. So like Ian Gary and um, it was Neil Magny is who he went against. And he, Magny was a late replacement, but the thing is, is like, I'm surprised he even finished the fight because he was limping around too. And he wow. couldn't do anything. He was just like run, like just running away the whole time. Jeez. Well, yeah. moving on from the UFC, I think this is a perfect time. I've got Becca coming in here now. This is the time of year where Becca picks our fantasy football draft order for the Berkshire Bubble Football League. This is a great way to get her involved and, uh, I'm not saying it's rigged, but I have gotten the first pick two years in a row. So let's just try to keep that streak going, babe. Here she goes. It's definitely rigged. Okay. First, Griffin, what are you drinking? A venti vanilla sweet cream cold brew. Okay. Okay. So there is. Do I just. Okay. Matt. And put it in the half. Oh, get it. Matt. Avery. You don't have to whisper. You can talk. I just don't want to yell. Say it with Josh. your chest. Josh. <laughs> Griff. Hey. Jay Keaton. Oh, Keaton. I thought it was your <laughs> username. I was like, why do you have two? Tyler? Buck? John? Devin? This is not my handwriting. And Shane? You want to hold it nope. so I don't, I don't so I, I don't look. No, nope, oh. I want no part of okay. being anywhere near that. Okay, the first one is Avery. Uh, the streak ends because <laughs> other people are watching. Then Keaton. Then Josh. Yeah, I'll take three. <laughs> I was just grabbing it. I didn't even check it that time. Then Kyler. 
been Matt and still no Griffin. <laughs> Becky did say she was going to give Griffin seven before this. Now I said, what's the worst I can give him? Devin, is seven the worst? Griffin said it was. Okay. Not great. One, two, three, four, five, six. So that's probably Griffin. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Ben Buck. John's going to be pissed. Are you guys doing a snake draft? Mm -hmm. Okay, so he'll get first at some point. Then Shane. And then... Is that one left? Yeah. Yep. And then John. So Okay, last order of business. Here, wait, read the order. Avery, Keaton, Josh, Kyler, Matt, Devin, Griff, Buck, Shane, John. That is the BYB fantasy order. Last order of business, we need you to flip a coin. Heads is super flex, tails is not super flex. Tails. tails not, is super, not super flex. Not super flex. You can show the camera. <laughs> okay thank you becca okay well i feel widely hated at this point so <laughs> you should you say you should yeah <laughs> becca thank you for your help that is the burster bubble fancy draft order got you hated yes positive following for becca thank you for the help babe all right well that was uh easy that was good. Now we have our draft order. We have the type of league that we're going to do. Uh, I will say, we I also have this other little group chat going with Kyler and a couple other guys in the league, and Kyler was like, we need to do something where we're scoring like 200 points a week. And I said, well, Kyler, it doesn't matter if you check your roster zero times after week three. <laughs> You're probably not going to score 200 points. Uh, okay. We, uh, oh, good. One sec. Before you move on, uh, we need to do a Sacco punishment. And I have a pretty good idea. We'll have to obviously talk to everybody in the, the league, but um, there's a new comedy club in Tulsa and they host multiple open mic nights during the week. And so I think Sacco should have to go do an open mic night and then we can record it or something. I might tank. Dude, I've been low-key really <laughs> wanting to do it. <laughs> I mean, we can go do it just for fun too, but... No, 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 no. I, I, I've got to have a reason to do it. No, I like it. Yeah, I'm. I, let's. I'm in to talk to the league about that. I think it'd be hilarious. Um, okay, now that we have the Berkshire Bubble Fantasy League taken care of, Griffin, did you watch any of the BMW PGA tournament? I didn't watch a ton of it, but I did kind of follow along. Um, I know Victor Hovland obviously had the hot round. Also, with got the course record. I think he had like I want to say like eleven straight birdies or something crazy like that to finish it off, which is insane. He was down four going into the back nine and then literally shot a twenty-eight. A course record sixty-one. Yeah, that is nuts. I mean, Griffin. I mean, uh, Kyler put it in our group chat too. He said Hovland has a good chance to win this, but Scheffler's right there with him. He just needs some birdies down the stretch. Well, Victor Hovland took those birdies down the stretch and he ran with it. Ending mm -hmm. five strokes better than the next. Matt Fitzpatrick, Scotty Scheffler, Rory, and Max Homa. I love seeing Max Homa get a top five finish. Oh, yeah. I'm all for it, dude. All for it. Well, that's really all that I have on the PG. I didn't watch a whole lot of it. I watched some of the Sunday match with, with Hovland hitting those birdies, which was really nice. I wish I could do that every now and then. 
Um, all right. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> uh, let's do the, you want to do the division first? Yep. Let's right. do it. Let's break down the I NFC. We're probably going to be pretty uh, similar on this. Uh, yeah, I would assume so. Uh, this So this division is actually very tricky for me because I feel like it could be one of the best in the NFL or it could be one of the absolute worst in the NFL. So it, this is a fun little division yeah, to break down. I think it's going to be probably one of the worst. I really think it's going to be one of the worst. Mm. It could be the worst who do you, overall who do you have quarterback number play. It could be the worst overall quarterback play. Oh, for a division. yeah. Well, that's pretty pretty likely. Yeah. Uh, okay, so at four, I'm going to take the Cardinals. A big factor of this is because Kyler Murray's probably not going to play until October. Then you have to wonder what he's going to look like when he comes back. Is he going to be running around as much as he did? He doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore. Marquise Brown going to be able to be a wide receiver one for him here. How good is Rondell Moore? What's the offense look like? You're in a new head coach, can be a new system. So there's a lot of question marks around the Cardinals team that I haven't thought's been very good at defense anyway. I mean, they did move around Isaiah Simmons. Uh, they moved him to safety instead of being instead of uh, the linebacker that he was playing. So that's going to be exciting to watch. I think that he's going to fit a safety spot real well. Uh, and then they have that linebacker from Tulsa, who's really good, uh, Zavin. Zavin's really good, so I'm excited how they're going to use him around. But I still just overall don't think this defense is very good. A lot of question marks on the offense. I don't see them winning a whole lot of games. I'm totally with you there. I have no um, positives to really say about this team, especially with their quarterback being out for at least half the season. Um, I just don't. And like you said, what is Rondell Moore? You know, is he actually going to end up being good or is he just not that great of a player? Uh, obviously, no D hop. That makes a huge difference for whoever the quarterback's going to be. Um, I just again, with new head coach and everything, I'm just reiterating everything you said. Um, I had them at four and I really I I mean, if they win three or four games, I'd be I mean, I feel like that'd be a good season for them, given the circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think they're going to need to win five for it to be a, a decent year. I think any less than that, even even they will be uh, severely disappointed. But I just don't think they're going to win that many games. Uh, all no. right, who do you, who'd you have at three? So I have the Rams at three. And um, I don't love their roster, but the thing – like they're not very deep at any position. It doesn't really seem like um, – but the thing is they still have Matt Stafford. They still have Cooper Cup. They still have Aaron Donald. And having those three guys alone are going to still get you winning probably five or six games at least, I would think. Um, and so that's kind of where I have them. I don't think they are going to be in the playoffs by any means, but I don't think it's going to be a complete failure of a season either. Yeah, I also have the Rams here for a lot of the reasons that you said. I mean, this team was got hurt a lot with injuries last year. But the offense just wasn't very good. The offense is up and down every year. We don't know what to expect with this offense coming in, how healthy is Cam Akers going to be, how effective are they going to be at running the ball. I don't think the offensive line has improved that much, and the offensive line was one of the biggest question marks that this team had. So I need to see some improvement there. Going to need to see Cooper Cup bounce back from an injury. And, you know, for the for them to have a successful season, like win a lot of games and, and try to fight for this division championship – Cooper Cup's going to need to fight for the Triple Crown. I mean, that's just what it's going to have to be. 
and teams are going to be triple teaming him. Yep. You don't have OBJ coming in again, who I know didn't do that much, but like it's another person over there. So I just don't see the offense being that good. Matthew Stafford with an, a poor offensive line is not going to be good for his health. I would not be shocked if we saw Stetson Bennett at least one or two games this year. Um, being a 45-year-old rookie, you know, he's seasoned well enough to come out here and get a couple snaps in. To really you think we'll Matthew see him Stafford. even if – you think even if Matt Stafford doesn't get injured, we see him? No, I'm just saying this poor of an okay. offensive line, I think at gotcha. least once or twice in the season, Matt Stafford's going to get banged up. I mean, it, I'm not saying yep. he's going to have like a big injury, but I think he's going to get hit enough where we see a couple of snaps from Stetson Bennett throughout the year. Well, the uh, other thing is, too, is like how's the elbow? Yeah. How's Matt Stafford's elbow? Because last year was an issue all year. I don't know that it's completely healed up. I would assume a, for the most part it is, but you never know. It could flare back up. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. And that's it has nothing to even really do with the offensive line there. I mean, that's kind of like the yep. old, the tennis elbow, Tommy John, you know, it, I mean, it is what it is. So hopefully Matthew Stafford is taking the offseason to recover from that. Um, but like you said, they do have Aaron Donald. So Aaron Donald's going to get some sacks. He's going to get some pressure. So the defense is not going to be atrocious. But at the end of the day, it still is only one man. And this team's going to need to take a lot of steps forward for them to compete for the division. Yep, I agree. Number two, I thought about getting crazy here, Griff. I, I really did, but I, I just couldn't do it. I, number two's got to be the Seahawks. I think, though, that they have a legit chance to compete for the number one spot in the division. If Geno Smith can have another top 10 quarterback year, I think that the Seahawks are going to be looking really pretty. Zach Charbonnet is very fast to pair alongside with Kenny Walker. That's going to be a dynamic duo. Then you have DK Lockett and Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, those are some powerful weapons you have on the offensive side of the ball. So it's going to be one of those deals. They're going to be going the Kevin Durant approach. They're just going to be trying to score as many points as possible and see what happens on the defensive side. But at the same time, you still have Pete Carroll, who's coaching the team, who's a defensive-minded coach, who is going to put emphasis on the defense. The Seahawks' defense has never really been atrocious. So if they can, you know, if they can just be above average in defense, this can be a very scary team, a team that a lot of guys will not want to play in the playoffs. Yeah, no, and they, I mean, they drafted a lot of defensive players last year. Their defense was not bad by any means. And I, I mean, you expect if, with rookies that you hope they're going to take another step forward, um, which would obviously mean an improved defense from what they were even. And like you said, Pete Carroll's a defensive coach. He should be able to get that side of the ball right, you would at least hope. Um, and, yeah, I have them at number two as well. Um, do I think Geno's going to have another top ten season? Honestly, no, I don't. But um, there's a reason why he was a backup for the majority of his career. But as long as he takes care of the ball, there's no reason why they can't at least compete for it, um, given the weapons that he has and everything like that. So, yeah, and last year he was quarter, that. and last year he was quarterback five uh, in a lot of fancy formats. So if he can, once again, if he can just stand the top ten, top twelve, I mean, this, like you said, take care of the ball, play that Alex Smith role for the Chiefs the year before Patrick Mahomes got there, mm -hmm. just take care of the football. I mean, you've got yep. so many weapons. Just get the ball to him and watch what happens. Exactly. Um, so at number one, I do have obviously the 49ers, as you do too. Um, they obviously have the best roster top to bottom of anybody in the division and arguably in football. Um, the the quarterback issue, um, it definitely is kind of concerning, especially whenever you have Brock Purdy come back. And I think he's had like 
nine practices and thrown 11 picks or something like that, which is, I mean, I get it's practice. You're trying new things and everything like that, but you would still hope that you're not throwing more picks than you do have practices. Um, and so that is kind of concerning. It's like, was last year just an anomaly or is that actually who he is? Yeah, I mean, it is, I mean, it is a very big question mark at the quarterback position. The one narrative, though, that I don't like is that Brock Purdy took the, I, I've seen this everywhere, and it's like, well, Brock, Brock Purdy took the starting job from Trey Lance. Well, no, Trey Lance got hurt again, and so obviously he turned into the starter, but he didn't take the job from Trey Lance. This team has invested so much into Trey Lance. If they trade him and the return is poor, which it's going to have to be, I mean, obviously his trade value is not at an all-time high or anything. This is probably one of the worst moves that we've seen in NFL history from draft day, giving three first-round picks to trade up to get Trey Lance, and who's played not very many snaps in the NFL. Um, there's a lot of talk about getting him getting traded before the deadline. It's a big possibility. Uh, you know, Brock Purdy's come in, and he's looked kind of bad in preseason camp. So there's been a lot of talk, you know, how good was that an anomaly for him? Was it the adrenaline? Is he still, is he going to be able to put up consistent numbers week to week? Thing is, like you said, it's the best roster in the division. One of the best rosters top to bottom in football, a lot of weapons like Christian McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, Elijah Mitchell. I mean, the team is there. I mean, the offense is there. I mean, Brock Purdy can give guys the ball behind the line of scrimmage and they're still going to score points. So you don't have to ask too much from your quarterback. And I think that might be what's happening with Trey Lance is he feels like he has so much pressure on himself to perform. He's going out being indecisive, being hesitant, not making the throws that he needs to. And then, you know, that preseason debut, he comes out hesitant, scared. And then whenever Sam Darnold comes in, throws a dime and just gets a touchdown pretty immediate. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, it's just that kind of stuff that, that doesn't give him a good look. It's hard to paint a good picture for Trey Lance right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you, you almost have to see what he can do before the deadline. That way you don't end up trading him off somewhere and then him becoming a star or whatever the case is. Um, but no, what, what you were saying about the narrative that Brock Purdy came in and stole the job from him is completely false because he did get injured and then they went to Jimmy Garoppolo before that. And he also got injured and then they went to Brock Purdy. So it's not like, I mean, he won the starting job because he played good. But the thing is, he didn't come, he didn't do that in practice or anything like that. Once again, just like you said about Gino, there's a reason Brock Purdy was a backup. I mean, yeah, it's also a pick in the draft. It's also three first round picks and 256 draft picks between him and Trey Lance. So there's a lot of reasons why he was the backup. <laughs> yes. But, you know, you can't argue with the success that Brock Purdy had. Although, one telling thing was uh, I don't know if you've seen this in the last week or so, all the reports that came out that Kyle Shanahan like fully intended to sign Philip Rivers to a contract had they made the Super Bowl and he would yep. have been the starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did see that. But that was also because Brock Purdy got injured in that NFC championship game. I don't think if, if Brock Purdy doesn't get injured, he's not bringing in Philip Rivers. Yeah, that's probably a good point. Well, yeah. I, it's, uh, it's surprising that we were right on par with each other for this division. I think, once again, if the Rams can improve that offense, they can end up having a pretty decent year, and your top three teams in the division could be above 500. So, or yeah. on the opposite side of the spectrum, if if things don't work out, three of the four teams could have a losing record. <laughs> Very true. So Very one, true. One of the best divisions or one of the worst divisions in football. 
Well, now that we're done with the NFC West, guys, go NFC West, guys, go follow us on social media on Twitter, on X. It is at SportsBYBP. I'm at JakeEatno22. Kyler is at Kyler012, and Griffin is at GriffinArgo1. Go follow our fantasy football expert Shane at FantasyBYB. If you're trying to win your fantasy football league or you need all the tips, tricks, and ways to win, go follow those pages I just mentioned. We're always putting content up on TikTok and you, uh, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. It is a virtual bubble podcast. Go follow us on there. We are all getting active on TikTok. It's fun. Go check out some of our clips, some of the content we're putting out. Thanks, guys, so much for listening. But remember, no hard feelings, because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. Here we go. Let's get into our top 10 wide receivers for fantasy football. Griffin, now that we've got our draft order, now we can figure out who we're going to draft and what positions we're going to take. Uh, guys, if you're listening to this, I'm going to be putting it on social today. We did our top 25s at every position, and then top 15 at tight end. So our top 25 quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and then top 15 tight ends going into the year. And then I'm going to share this Google Sheet every week, and it'll be updated rankings every week for fantasy football. So go check out our fantasy rankings every week for preseason. This is our top 10 wide receivers. And I can include Kyler's in here too, so that way we have – and I'll just throw Shane's in. Uh, that way we kind of have just have a track since we already have it on the – on the sheet. So this would be pretty easy since we already have our list down. So I will let you start at 10. At 10, I have Devontae Adams. That should be number 10. Yeah, Devontae Adams. And honestly, the main reason for this is not really anything um, regarding his skill set, but his quarterback skill set. And I think that offense is probably going to lean more on Josh Jacobs anyway, just because it is the, I believe it's the last year of his contract. Um, and so I think they're going to want to get all the juice out of him that they can. And again, his um, quarterback is not that great. Yeah. Uh, so I actually have Devonte Adams at 10. Uh, it's not really a whole lot about quarterback play. I think that this team is probably going to be playing from behind a lot. So they're going to have to be throwing the ball and Devonte Adams is a special talent. So he's going to get involved. But Josh Jacobs is going to play a factor here. I just don't know that all the opportunities are going to come around for him to score as much as he has in the past. But a top 10 finish is still not a bad thing from one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League who's getting a little bit of age on him. Uh, Kyler has Jalen Waddle. Kyler and Shane have Jalen Waddle. So a couple of pairs here at number 10. Mm-hmm. So I like that for, for them. I, obviously, I get the Jalen Waddle hype. Um, he did yeah, not. I mean, he just fell out of my top 10 at 11. Oh, both of our, he's at 11. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Both of us have him at 11. So, I mean, we obviously see his, uh, his benefit, like his uh, upside and everything like that, but just barely missed out. Yeah. Our list, I'm looking at another kind of similar. All right. Uh, number nine for me is uh, a <laughs> Monroe St. Brown. I think the sun God is going to absolutely cook this year. You're going to see a whole lot of points. This line's offense is going to be remarkable, especially for the first three weeks now for a Monroe since Jamison Williams was decided to bet on NFL games, get himself suspended. A lot of opportunities for a Monroe St. Brown. Looking forward to all the production he's going to have this year. He can do it all. He's massive. He's got hands. He's got speed. Looking forward to watching Sun God again this year. Yep. Nope. And uh, what do you know? I have the same exact person at number nine. <laughs> And, you know, their offense last year, I believe they were one of the top three scoring offenses in the league, or at least top five. 
And so, I mean, I expect that to stay the same this year. And he was a big reason why they were so good. And he's just very productive. And I, I think he's going to take another step this year. Um, and honestly, he could end up being a top five wide receiver if he really has a great year, to be honest. And so then nine for Kyler is C.D. Lamb. And nine for Shane is Devontae Adams. Yep. So I'll let you go at eight. So at eight, I have Garrett Wilson. Um, I think honestly, it might even be a little low whenever we look at this later in the season. Um, I think with his huge upgrade at quarterback, that's going to make a big difference, or at least you would think so. If you believe that Aaron Rodgers is just last year was just kind of a blip and not actually who he is moving forward. Um, Garrett Wilson last year with terrible quarterback play, literally read, led all rookies in receiving yards and, um, had a great season and so I just I think he's going to take another step he's um, showing that he is a very dynamic wide receiver and his route running is crazy and so I just think he could take another step with having Aaron Rodgers. Shane agrees with you he also has Garrett Wilson at eight Kyler has Stephon Diggs and I, this is where I have C.D. Lamb so I think that C.D. Lamb I, you know once again can make an argument that it's too low but there's a lot of mouths to feed in Dallas now I think that that ball is going to get shared a lot Teams can't, I mean, teams, if they do double CD, you've got Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, Tony Pollard, and Deuce Vaughn, all there ready to catch balls. So uh, I think it's going to be opened up a lot more. I see Dak spreading the ball around quite a bit. And I don't think this team is going to be playing from behind. So it's going to be a pretty balanced attack overall. I just, I'm not saying he's going to have a bad year. I just think that it's going to be harder for him to see the wide receiver one standalone because of all the weapons that they have in Dallas. That's why he kind of slid in my rankings. That's fair. Uh, seven for me. This is where I have Garrett Wilson. Who's, yep. Uh, this is a lot of the reasons that you said uh, for Garrett Wilson earlier, just a lot better quarterback play. I just see him taking a second-year leap. He looks very good. So this is where I'm going to put Garrett Wilson. So uh, this is where I have A.J. Brown. Um, I've seen a lot of people putting him higher up, but my thing is is the Eagles team is so stacked at just about every um, unit that they have that I don't think they're going to be trailing a lot in games, and so I think they're going to be more run-heavy. Um, and honestly, Devontae Smith is a huge option on the other side as well, and so I don't think he's going to be – I mean, I think he'll have a great season, but um, I just don't see him being like a top-five wide receiver this year. Yeah, which is fair. It's the same reason I had CD slid down so far, just because of all the mouths to feed. It's hard to fit in in an offense. Uh, so this is where Kyler has Garrett Wilson and Shane has CD Lamb. So a little bit higher on the on them than I was. So um, at number six for me, this is where I have CD. Um, yes, they do have mouths to feed, but the thing is, is I think with um, the amount of picks that Dak's going to throw they're going to be trailing in games or at least trying to stay in games. And so uh, I think they're going to be pretty pass happy, especially with trying to prove that Dak is the guy. Um, and with that being said, you know, Brandon Cooks is going to take some of the pressure off of um, CD. And I think this could really be kind of a, I know CD had a great season last year, but I think this could really be kind of like his breakout season and end up being um, what all the hype's about. Yeah, no, I I mean, I love it. The talent's definitely there. The opportunity is going to be there. But, um, you know, like I said earlier, I think there's just same the same argument you had with A.J. Brown. It's one spot apart from each other. But it's just a lot of, a lot of points are going to be scored in Dallas this year, I think, or they should be scored in Dallas. 
And I don't think it's all going to come from CD. Um, this is where I have Stefan Diggs. And Shane also has Stefan Diggs here. I think Diggs just paired up with one of the best uh, wide receiver quarterback duos in the entire NFL. Maybe the best duo in the NFL. Um, they're definitely in that conversation. I'm not saying they're the best, but they're in the conversation to be the best. They don't have a a second wide receiver that's bona fide. I mean, your wide receiver two is Gabe Davis, and he's not as good as a T. Higgins or Devonta Smith. So, you know, whenever it comes just to two guys who are going to go out and score points, these two guys are going to be there week in and week out. Stephon Diggs always makes the big plays, always there to be on the highlight reel. I think Stephon Diggs makes total sense to be right here at number six. And Shane agreed, yep. and Kyler had A.J. Brown. Yep, and I actually have, uh, for basically what you said, I have him at number five. Um, he The reason why I put him at number five, though, is because um, they have pretty much not even a running game. They're, Josh Allen is their running game, and so I have yet to see that that's going to change. And so um, I just think there's a lot of targets out there to be had, and Stephon Diggs is obviously one of the better wide receivers in the league, and I think even though they did have a bunch of chaos this off season and kind of the bickering back and forth between Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, I think whenever it ultimately comes down to it, they'll, pre- they'll be fine and put that aside and just play football. And uh, like you kind of alluded to earlier, Gabe Davis is, he's a decent wide receiver, but he's not a T Higgins or a Jalen Waddle or anything like that to, to take that many targets away. Yep. Completely agree there. Uh, so at number five for me, this is where I have AJ Brown and I'm probably, you know, just going against myself, uh, with my CD take, cause there are a lot of, a lot of mouths to feed in, uh, in Philadelphia, but AJ Brown is just built different. He's strong. He's fast. I mean, he hits those quick routes. I, I just, him and Jalen Hurts have such a good rapport and teams can't just focus on him because they have so many weapons on this offense that I think A.J. Brown is going to continue to get open and he's going to continue to score points. Uh, I feel real good about A.J. Brown this year, and I think a top five finish is, uh, you know, I think it makes sense. Uh, and then this is where Shane has Cooper Cup and Kyler has a yep. Monroe St. Brown all the way up at five. Yep. And then, honestly, it looks like from here, uh, both of our lists are pretty much the same. And by that, I mean they are exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, this should be consensus in all of football. Yes. I'll, take, I'll take number four, I'll go, and I'll talk about Cooper Cup. Uh, if he can stay healthy, obviously this guy's going to be competing for the Triple Crown every year. That's just how talented he was two years ago. They were doubling, triple teaming him every play, and he still caught every ball that went his way. He still managed to win the triple crown when offenses knew he was the only weapon on the team. So obviously he's a very talented wide receiver. He can do a lot of things with the ball. If he can stay healthy and Stafford can stay healthy, I don't see any reason why he can't put up great fantasy numbers. Yep. No, you said it all. He is, he is the go-to guy and it's clear cut. There is nobody um, really challenging him for targets in general. And so I just, there's, he's going to be a top five wide receiver as long as the health, um, is good and so uh yeah i mean there's really not much more to say there all right i'll let you take three so at number three we both had tyreek hill um i think honestly he could end up being um i mean he had 1700 yards last year right he's wanting to eclipse 2k this year 
Um, I think with Mike McDaniel's system and how they're going to use him this year, they're going to get a lot more yards for him, especially with those little passes behind the line of scrimmage and then he can just get yards after catch. Um, he very well could end up being the first or second wide receiver at the end of this season. Uh, I think he's a pretty much a lock for top three as long as obviously health again is good for him, um, which he hasn't ever seemed to have an issue with. And so uh, there's really just not much. I think he is their offense. They obviously have Jalen Waddle on the other side, but Tyreek Hill is just so dynamic that he gets yards after the catch when you don't even think he's going to do anything with it. So, yeah, he's shooting for a 2,000-yard season. No reason it shouldn't happen. I mean, this offense is going to be very good. You said it all. Kyler had Tyreek and Cooper Cup flipped, uh, and Shane agreed Tyreek top three, so that's good to see. Um, kind of interesting to see that, that swap there, but maybe thinks he's getting the triple crown again. Couldn't agree more on Tyreek. That offense in Miami is going to be dynamic. I will say Tua needs to stay healthy uh, for, uh, I think, him to have any chance of hitting that 2,000 yards. Uh, number two across the board, we all have Jamar Chase, uh, second best wide receiver in all of football. So I have, I mean, I see no problem with putting Jamar Chase here. It makes total sense. And uh, he's going to catch a lot of balls. He's the number one guy here in Cincinnati with for Joe Burrow. Whenever I talk about dynamic duos in the NFL, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are, you know, another one that comes to mind. So these guys are fantastic. The rapport goes back all the way to college. They're going to play great together. They have other options. So teams can double team him, but all Joe Burrow is going to do is hit T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and make them back off. And then as soon as they do that, he's going to hit Jamar Chase for any of these third and eight, fourth and three situation anytime they need a big play they always go to jamar chase and he's going to continue that this year he's tall he's going to score a lot of touchdowns no reason he shouldn't end up as at least a wide receiver too yep totally agree with that obviously um and you said it all so um moving on to number one i don't think there's really uh much of an argument against this one across the board um for anybody you talk to um Justin Jefferson's clearly the number one wide receiver going into the season he's done nothing but gotten better every season being in the league the lowest he's ever been rated ranked at the end of the season is number seven that was his rookie season so he's clearly the number one um they did bring in TJ Hawkinson which could take some targets from him and obviously Jordan Addison we all think is going to be good but again Justin Jefferson's just different he's he always seems to be wide open no matter what the case is, you know he's getting the ball and he still has 10 yards between him and the closest defender, it seems like. And he has Kirk Cousins thrown in the ball. Could you imagine what would happen if he True. had someone like Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson giving him the ball? Yeah. Oh, that'd be so It'd much be fun insane. to watch. Yeah, that would be so much fun. That's the only reason that Kirk Cousins has as much uh, fantasy value as he does, which is great to see. Obviously, you said it all. So top 10, Bursher Bubble, wide receiver, fantasy football picks. Number one, Justin Jefferson. Number two, Jamar Chase. Number three, Terry Kill. Number four, Cooper Cup. Number five, A.J. Brown. Six, Stephon Diggs. Seven, Garrett Wilson. Eight, C.D. Lamb. Nine, Amon Ross St. Brown. And to round out the top ten, Devontae Adams. I think that's a pretty solid list. We'll visit again at the end, at the end of the year and see how we did. And once again, uh, be looking for this on all of our social pages. We're going to be posting that Sheets uh, links. That way you can go check out what our – uh, what our rankings are week in and week out. We'll share that preseason one today so that way you have access to it and for the full virtual bubble. Griffin, we don't have very much longer before football starts. And we've got a week and no, then we're watching we do not, week and I'm zero. I'm excited about it. 
week zero for college football is coming up. Yeah, I'm so pumped. I know, me too. Yep. And then Can't two wait. Weeks, two weeks for the NFL. Cannot wait. Oh, that's going to be uh, one of the weirdest things is doing 75 hard in the middle of football season with not being able to drink for that first week of the NFL coming back. Oh, uh, that's where you're going to – that's going to be your demise. <laughs> no, I've already decided that alcohol will not be my kryptonite. It's probably going to be something stupid like forgetting a progress po- photo or reading 10 pages, but it will not be alcohol. Just get like – just get like Bush A or something. You'll be fine. Uh, actually, Casey Mathis gave me a, an idea to do uh, – to drink athletic brewing. It is a non-alcoholic beer. There you go. Or you could always uh, stick with the old – trusty O'Doul's. Oh, the good old duels. I have it's been a couple of years I've had. <laughs> um, all right, we have a totem pole to get to. Obviously, Kyler's not with us, so it'll just be us doing the totem pole today. Uh, but since you went first on the last episode, I will get to go first uh this go around. So that makes yep. uh that is good for me. Um, we're going to do so I'm getting my list up here. Uh we are going to do fast food chains. So we're doing, obviously, everyone knows how our totem poles work by now. But if you don't, this is how it works. We do our bottom two and top three of a certain topic. Today's fast food restaurant. So we will start at the very bottom. We'll do our top or bottom two. And then we'll start at the very top and work our way down. Does that make sense? Good. All right. Here we go. Uh, Bottom of my totem pole, Kyler. Some people might argue with me on this, but it's just how I feel. I've never had a really good meal there. And you're not going to catch me just swinging through one it's gonna be jack in the box oh i don't hate that at all (laughs) that was actually one of the options i had yeah like when's the last time you went to a jack in the box yeah i honestly i think i've only had it once and that'll be the last time so exactly it's been a long time too yeah i do not hate that um so for my bottom i put uh and i don't think it's controversial but i know some people are out are fans of it but burger king does anybody actually eat at Burger King? It's McDonald's is not very good quality and it's a knockoff McDonald's is literally what it is. So I actually have a buddy of mine who goes to Burger King almost every morning religiously for their sausage egg and no cheese way. croissant. I don't believe it. He was on vacation in Alabama at the beach and he camped out of a Burger King until it opened so he could have his breakfast croissant. What? That is ridiculous. No, <laughs> He does not exist. <laughs> I'm telling you, his name is William. He is a real person. Um, okay, uh, probably second to the bottom for me. And, you know, I've eaten here a few times. I didn't really hate it, but it's just not, once again, it's just not something I'm going to on the regular, so I can't really give it any points. Uh, it's going to be Carl's Jr. It's very greasy. Overall, it's just not very good. That was literally going to be my pick. <laughs> that was literally gonna be my pick it's terrible it's not it's absolutely good. horrible it's so greasy everything yeah it, it's just yeah Ugh. all right you, you don't done. hate it all so uh this is kind of um a little biased i guess on my opinion on why i don't like this place because i worked there during college for a little bit and it's um I don't even know how big of a chain this really is, but Charlie's Chicken. I cannot get behind it. What? No. Dude, I made way too many chicken chunks. Oh, I ate yeah. that food 
almost uh, every day whenever I was working there. I cannot stand it. Dude, I those can't. Co- those corn dodgers, that might be one of the best things I've ever The one had. I worked at hardly ever had corn dodgers. I know. Oh, that's I what I boycott. said. I'd boycott them. Yes. Yeah. I was like, you guys are that cheap. You won't buy, get corn dodgers. That's like the best thing on your menu. It is the best thing on the menu. Yeah, the, the chunks yeah. with the barbecue sauce, mm, that's delicious. I actually know Charlie for Charlie's Chicken. Do you? I do. Well, the one I worked at, it just... No bueno. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> oh, well, I don't blame you. Working there definitely puts a uh, puts a damper on things. It's like Dairy Queen for me. Like I, It's very rare that I go to a Dairy Queen anymore just because I worked there and I saw how it was all made. I'm like, mm, yeah, probably yeah exactly. Uh, all right, top of the totem pole. I'm glad that I went first so I get to take this one off the board. Go ahead and give me the Lord's Chicken. Give me Chick-fil-A. Oh, no. <laughs> no. It's. I mean, it's the Lord's Chicken. Are you chicken. serious? It's the Lord's yeah. Chicken. Man, I. that was going to be my pick. Well, You're stealing I'm... these all right in front of me. <laughs> I'm glad I went first. No, I love that pick. Um, so I guess what I'll do for my number one is um probably gonna be In and Out. Honestly, I know there's a lot of hype behind it, but the animal style stuff, uh, like the sauce that they have and everything is fantastic. Every time I, if I go to like Dallas or something, I'll eat it literally for every meal if I could. Yeah, I mean In and Out is good. In and Out is good. Love it. it would it would probably make my third pick. It's better uh, than Whataburger. Uh, I I will agree there, but for number two for me, and you know, this is where I'm probably going to lose some people in my, uh, in my totem pole here, but, uh, I just forgot who I had. Oh, no. And I remember, um, go ahead. And this is probably just a Midwest thing. So if you're not from around here, you're probably not going to agree with me, but go ahead and give me Brahms and, and hear me out on this because, Stop. because their burgers are delicious compete with in and out no absolutely, absolutely they do not they compete do. no they do not and then second Stop. hold on and then second how many fast food places can you go where you can also go to a grocery store i mean it's a combo not Is even it, all brahms have grocery a, stores it's a combo player not even all of them have that everyone i've been to does it's a combo player you can always go in and buy milk Dude. you can buy eggs you can buy if you want to buy overpriced groceries then go there I'm just saying, how often is it that you get a combo player with a fast food restaurant? Okay, how often do you actually buy groceries there? I buy my milk there sometimes. Sometimes. I bet you it's less than five in your life. <laughs> I do sometimes. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Okay. Uh, number two for me is uh, going to be Panda. I love Panda. So fun fact, is... I told you this the other day, my first time to have Panda was like two weeks ago. That's insane. I'll eat it multiple <laughs> times a week. No, I I do not care. I love it. You know, I way I better should've... than Brahms. Panda, no way. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> oh my god, I can't even believe we're arguing over this. Um, okay, my next pick is life. Uh, Chipotle is my life. We're going to go You're with ridiculous. <laughs> You're ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go with Chipotle at number three. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can build whatever you want there. I mean, it's just so good. I mean, you it's an easy way to get protein and some vegetables all in one meal, and you're not having to get anything that's not too unhealthy, even though it may not be the greatest. I mean, it is, when it comes to fast food, Chipotle is one of the more healthy options where you can build whatever you want. So give me Chipotle. Yeah, I don't hate that pick. I'm actually probably going to eat it for lunch today. So See, that 
Uh, Big fan. Totem pole. Well, that's not what I said. <laughs> you also had a grocery store on your totem pole. So, uh, my third is going to be Freddy's. I love Freddy's. Uh, really? Their fries are great. Oh, dude. Is that all the, four of the steak the burgers? Steak place? Yeah. Uh, no. No, steak it's burger. a it's a steak burger. It's literally like a hamburger, but it's like a thin patty, basically. So it's like uh, a hamburger. Their fries steak. are really good. No, they're no. We're not getting into that. <laughs> We're not gonna get into that. Um, but no, their fries are really good too. Um, and their frozen custard is also really good. So. Okay. Uh, I mean, I can probably count on one hand the number of times I've been to a Freddy's, but I don't know that I've That's ever crazy. been. I don't know that I've ever been disappointed when I went to a Freddy's. I feel like it's kind of overpriced when it comes to fast food, so it's not one that I frequent. Mm, but I feel like it's fairly priced. But I don't hate it. Uh, what 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 honorable mention for me that that honestly could have beat Brahms or Chipotle Raisin Cane's. I think Raisin Cane's is so good that cane sauce is delicious. No but way. I but I didn't want they to go back have, to back chicken. No. Raising Cane's is not that good. It's pretty good. No, it's not. Another one on uh, another one for my honor- live- another honorable mention. Marco's Pizza. Marco's Pizza. <laughs> Have you ever had Marco's Pizza? No. <laughs> oh, dude, they're cheesy bread. Mm. It's delicious. Man, I'm trying to think even what my honorable mentions would be. I don't eat a ton of fast food. You strike me uh, as a Wendy's guy. No, no, don't really. I do love Arby's though. Oh, I do. I do like some Arby's. Those Arby's, sliders? Would, yeah, dude, yeah. Arby's would probably be on my honorable mentions. Um, and Brahms has great ice cream. That's what it is. It's ice cream. It's not. You don't go there for burgers typically. You go there for the ice cream. Makes it a top two on the list. Well, Griffin, this was a <laughs> this is a great episode. I'm sorry, uh, Arby's made the honorable mention. Uh, this was obviously a win for Josh. I feel great about where I'm at in this episode. So I appreciate the easy dub here. We found out a uh, the That's fantasy, ridiculous the fantasy draft order. I've got the third pick, not the number one pick. So everyone can stop complaining. Uh, we'll post. Uh, I think we'll post our results this year in one of the episodes or like on our social to probably after the draft. Uh, here on August 31st, we'll drop it on September 1st. Uh, we're going to do our draft episodes. Everyone will get to see us draft live on Zoom or wh- whatever platform we choose to do. So everyone will get to see that live. And then when, we'll keep you guys updated on how the league is going this year um, and see if I can bring home another championship. So Griffin, another another great episode. Uh, glad or sorry that Kyler couldn't make it, but you and I carried the fort well today. Rankings were easy. Love that football is only two weeks away, one week for college football. Anything to say before we get out of here? I don't. Everybody have a good week. See ya.